0: Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church and OCCatHome.com. We are so glad you're here. At OCC, our mission is to invite people to take their next steps with Jesus. And so we pray that through our time together, you're encouraged and challenged to move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. I'm Josh Delarosa, the senior pastor here at OCC. Glad you're here. We began last week a new series of messages called Adventure Awaits. And we're looking at how God's kingdom is moving forward in an unstoppable way. And we get to be a part of that. As a church, uh, we want to be a launch pad for churches and new leaders that are being raised up and sent out. And so we were laying the groundwork for uh, this series of messages last Sunday. Now, today, you're going to hear from John Wooster. I've known John for over 20 years. John and his wife, Diane, have been planting churches all of their lives. Now they coach church planters. They travel throughout the U.S. and overseas as well to strengthen church planters and networks of church planters. And so this is going to be a treat to hear about what is a church planter? How do I know? If I'm supposed to be a church planter or a launch team member, what does that even look like? So I invite you to tune in, focus your heart right now, and listen as God speaks to us again through his word, and let's welcome John Wooster to the stage.
1: Um, the first time I met you was when you were just a vision in the eye of the heart of your Pastor Josh. Before you even existed, there was something conceived in him that birthed this. And this church is exciting to see what God is doing in this church. Uh, um, it's one of my, Josh, one of my favorite church planners that I know. And uh, this church is a great-granddaughter of uh a church that I was a part of back a long time ago, Hope Church, that raised up a guy named Randy Lanthrop and sent him out here to California. He planted a church and Randy then uh, raised up Josh, sent him out here to start a church. Then you guys have raised up Bruce and sent them, him out to plant a church. And so you are already on the path of being a launch pad church. Uh, what a launch pad is, is, is a place that, that develops people. It discovers, develops, and deploys people who can be sent out to start new churches. That may be a lead planter, if you have those gifts, or it may be a team member of that church planter who goes out to start churches uh, anywhere that God would lead them in the world. And so that's an exciting thing, the kind of churches that, that I'm interested in starting and you're interested in starting, I know from talking to Josh, are not just any kind of church. Not just a church for Christians. But a church for those who don't know Christ can come to know Christ and then get involved in the church. We call that evangelistic growth or conversion growth. That's the kind of thing that we're we're uh, we're looking for here. And then um, I'm going to t- tell you to start off what I'm going to tell you. And then I'm going to go into it in a little more detail. The first things that what it, there's two things. Um, the question would be how could you do your part in developing OCC into that launch pad? So have that in your mind. The first thing, as a church, you need to make a decision. And as I say, as a church, as individuals in the church come together, about making a decision um, um, to be uh, becoming a launchpad church. Make that your aim. Make that your aim to become a launchpad church. And that's not a normal thing for a church. In fact, um, only about 10% of churches ever plant other churches, and that's recipe for extinction (laughs) actually it's not a good it's not a good thing and uh only it takes it takes in the united states at least it takes it takes a hundred churches a whole year to plant one church so the job needs to get done and um you can be a big part of doing that but the other thing i'm going to talk about is how you can become equipped become equipped to do your part in building this launch pad and what i'm going to say to you even though you're not a church planter or even though you may not be a church planter, maybe you are, or maybe you're um, not a team member that actually goes. You can still be a part of preparing the church planter and maybe helping him as he goes out to plant his church in some of the early days. And um, there are many things that you can do. On this equipping thing, um, I was um, swimming one day, and in the pool there was a an older fella, and I stuck up a conversation with him in the pool. And I found out that he was... Um, A master sausage maker. That's what this guy's doing. He was a master master sausage maker. And I was curious. I trained people. I said, well, how did you learn to become and get trained to become a master sausage maker? He says, well, it was through apprenticeship, intense apprenticeship. In fact, I had to live with a master sausage maker for a year and a half. And I had to work in his shop and learn how to make sausages the way they make them in Germany. And... uh, and that was the only way you could get a master sausage maker guild license to, to kind of do that. And so apprenticeship. But you, you have an opportunity to be equipped in this church, to maybe plan a church, to be on a team, or to be one that helps prepare the people who are going to help those who are going to go out. And so there's lots of different things you can do. And your mindset must be. Let's say that you do something in the church. You sing. You run the soundboard. You you help the setup. You, you you do something. Whatever your role is, whatever your task is in the church, you can then help equip others to do that in the new churches that you're being that are being planted. And so you can have a part in all of that. And um, another thing that you do uh, is uh, well, let's look at the passage of scripture that that talks about this. this. I think it's one of the most important passages of scripture for a church of, of, of your size. Look at that, look at that passage on the screen. It says, uh, the one who ascended far above the heavens, you know who that is, right? That's Jesus, to fill all things. And that phrase is to fill all things with himself. Jesus came once in one body, 2,000 years ago. Now, he's gonna fill all things with himself through many bodies. They're called bodies of Christ in every place, for every people group. And that means not just some church getting big, 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 big. It's lots of individual churches. Now, the overall church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. He talked about that last week and and will continue to grow. But local churches, they go through a life cycle. We'll look at that in a second. Uh, But anyway, um, it says, And he himself, Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Those are equippers, the leaders of the church that equip the people in the church. The saint is, a, he talks about it and goes on to say, to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. A saint is a holy one. You are a saint. You don't have to be Catholic and have gone through some of the things like that. You are a saint because God sees you as holy in Jesus Christ. And because of that, as a member of his body, the church, you are now to be equipped to help make, uh, uh, help build up the body of Christ. The word apostles is the key one there. This is this has to do with uh, being a church planter. Now there's two kinds of apostles. Some apostle, capital A apostle, that is a person who, like one of the twelve, who writes the New Testament and plants churches. There's two things. But there's also small A apostle. It's talked about in the New Testament. And they don't write the scripture, but they do plant churches. It's a church planter. It's a starter. And you can study this. And this, this role will continue until uh, Christ uh, finishes things up, returns and finishes things up. And so an apostle is, is somebody who is, and you want to know if you are one of those. If you are, you're somebody who starts things. You're a starter. You probably have a real interest in evangelism, leading people to Christ. You're able to take the people you lead to Christ and gather them into small groups, and maybe a small group. And those are all signs that you may be have some apostolic gifting. And then with some training, you can develop and, and, and grow that. Um, but the that but but passage goes on, and it says, um, These people, these equippers, are to equip the members of the church to do the work of the ministry, which is to build the body of Christ. And that's going to go on until we all reach the unity of faith. This is the end, the end of time. And then it goes on. This is kind of comes bring the verse 16. It talks about how it applies to every member of, of local church there in Ephesus. It says, from him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body. For building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. God has a role, a calling for you. What we're talking about today is that you can be a part of this part of the body of Christ's role of becoming a launchpad. To raise up, discover, develop, and deploy those who can be sent out to accomplish Christ's mission in other places around the world or in your backyard is that you can be a part of this process. Uh, why we're going to going to go back to the, the aim thing. Why should you make it your aim to help OCC the church that you're a part of now if you're a member and if you're not a member we're going to welcome you and encourage you to become a member. But um the uh why should you be a part of helping OCC develop into a launchpad? Uh and that that some New Testament examples of that. Jesus' ministry was a launchpad ministry. He trained 12 as he did his ministry, and they went out and they planted churches. They were the 12 apostles, but they were also men that planted churches all over the world. Uh Antioch Church, one of the early churches, one of the first ones that came out of the church in Jerusalem, uh, it became a, a, a launchpad church, and it raised up Paul and Barnabas to send them out to uh to plant churches and all around that region. Uh, they were, uh, Paul was what we call a sequential church planter. That's somebody who plants one church after another for a few years. That's what we've done for the last 50 years or so. We've been planting, we've been planting churches and um, uh, that, that's the sequential planter. Uh, somebody like your pastor, Josh, he's what you would call more of a founding pastor. So he's a apostle who starts it. Probably doesn't put it in his business card because it's kind of a, strange word in our society right now, but uh, it, it, he, he's, he, he, he's the apostle, the church planter who started the church, but also kind of switched hats, and now he's a pastor, teacher that takes this church on to other levels, and so there's different kinds of church planters in that, that kind of way, but Antioch sent them out to do their church planting, and then there's the Ephesus Church, and the Ephesus Church is where Paul started this church that grew very large and developed a training center there at Ephesus that ended up, spreading the gospel through a whole region. Where the gospel went, churches also sprang up. And so it was a church planting center. It was a launch pad of great some strength. And you can look up those verses uh, on your own. But there's one other thing that is not often talked about on why churches should plant churches, why churches should raise up church planters to plant churches. And that has to do with um, sort of a life cycle creation. Uh, I think that there is that, that God's prime metaphor for church life is created life. And I'll I'm, I'm explain what I mean by that. Is, uh, there, you know in created life what God said. He said to humans, but also said to animals and things. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Remember, Jesus is trying to fill the earth. And he uses plants and animals and human bodies as examples of how he's going to fill the earth with the church. So the church is also an organism compared in the New Testament many times to, to plants or to a body and those kind of things. And so we have a, there's an organic way of looking at this that um, fits right into what, what we're talking about today. But let, let's look at a couple things about this life cycle that have implications for church planning. Number one is that life starts small. And uh, you know, let, let's go on right down to the next slide. It starts small, and it, and it the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It starts small. It starts with that inspiration in somebody's heart, and then it puts together a small team. You don't really want to send, when you turn on a church planter to plant a church, you really don't want to send out too big a team. There's a couple reasons for that. A smaller team makes it better for the evangelistic growth that we're talking about. Because they can stay united and they can work together to accomplish this. And they can get themselves sort of overwhelmed with these new faith beginners. And another thing is for the church, for you as a church, you don't want to send out too big a baby. You send out a 20-pound baby, you don't want to do it again. Uh, and I think the ladies can understand that. Uh, appreciate that kind of thing. But uh, what, you, what you really want to do is you want to send out frequently and have a number of births, frequently every nine months, a year or so. You're always sending out uh, people, and maybe, maybe it's not nine months. You know, there's all different timings in reproduction because all churches are different. Some churches have DNA to be rabbit churches and they can reproduce fast as a church. Some are donkey churches, take a little while. Some are kind of a human kind of level. Some are some are elephants. You know, they take a long time. But anyway, it's but the, the big point of of churches, though, and matter what size you are, the key way that you use your DNA and your life is not just by growing bigger yourself. Rabbits don't become donkey size; It doesn't happen. Uh, they stay rabbit size, But they can do what? They can multiply. They can multiply fast. And they can uh, help fill the earth with what they are. And so churches are sort of like that. But you want to start with a small team. The second thing about new uh Life tells you is that new life grows fast. That's an interesting verse there, uh, Acts 2:47. it says that after the early church started, there in Acts 2, towards uh, you know, the end of it, it says that God was adding to the church daily, those who are being saved. So that's not just people becoming Christians, but those are people becoming Christians getting saved and being added to the church. So that's evangelistic growth. That we're talking about. And God wants that to be fast. And there's a chance for that to be fast. The best chance for fast growth is the earliest stage of church's life. Just like a baby in the womb grows the fastest of any time in the rest of life. Correct? Those of you are nurses, you've got to know that. That's when it grows fast. It reproduces. It, and, and those kind of things go very, very fast. And uh, later on, the longer it goes in its birth, the slower it grows rate-wise. Now, for instance, a church that, um, could start, and it could start in a, somebody's living room with three people, it could grow in just six months or so. In a year, it could grow to 30 people. From three to 30 in a year's time, that's a thousand percent growth rate. I've been a part of megachurches before. They added 2,000 people. There, a church of 20,000 added 2,000 people that year. You know what that is, that's a 10% growth rate. by speed of growth. So not that we don't, we're for all sizes of churches, each one should be trying to grow. But the key is the new things start. and They start. They can grow fast. So my conclusion is, if we want to reach people the fastest, why not start as many new churches as we can, start them in a healthy kind of way, as long as they're doing it. So we should be interested in in that. Uh, Why should we be so concerned about speed? Well, Paul said this. He says, "Uh, finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord would spread what? Rapidly and be glorified. And there's a reason for that. The one big reason why he wants the word to spread rapidly is love. God looks at people who are not believers yet, they don't know Jesus Christ, he loves them. He sees them as sheep without a shepherd. He sees them as spiritual POWs that need to be delivered. And he loves them. And we, as Christ is in us, we should be loving them as well. So therefore, we want to see as many of them rescued and benefited and brought back to the flock and brought back to the body of Christ. To the body of Christ as rapidly as possible. So our, our ours is a love-motivated mission to rescue as many as possible as fast as possible. Would you agree with that? That's what we and, and the motivation for that that drives us is love for people and love for God because he commanded us to do it <laughs> because he loves the people so much he wants us to fit in to that process. Um, but, you know, you might ask the question, well, why does, why does new life grow so fast? And... Um, and I'm going to use a term here for faith beginners, uh, is a faith beginner is somebody who is not yet a Christian, but is looking into it, or it's a brand-new believer. And a faith beginner, they prefer new wineskins. And what I mean by that, they prefer to go to a place. Go back to the other picture, one before that. I was going to say something. One more before that. Yeah, here. Is that? See what happens is that when a, a small team goes out, and they plant a church, they do it in the right kind of way, the kind of way we train people to do it. They, they get evangelism going quickly. They get themselves overwhelmed with lots of faith beginners early on. And then when a new faith beginner comes and visits the church, they find other people, their spiritual level. They find other people that don't know anything else either. I had, I had one church we started, um, and, uh, and this lady, you know, she was a new believer, a faith beginner, and she said, the thing I love about this church is that, first of all, Nobody else knows anybody else around here either. So we have a chance to get to know each other. I feel like a fresh start. The other thing I like love about this church is that nobody else knows anything else either. <laughs> and, and we're all kind of learning together. We're all in this new first grade class kind of developing together. And that's what you have an opportunity to do in a, in a church plant is you start this new group. Now, some go, that are mature, and there's training in the core and that kind of stuff that goes on. But many of the people that are coming into the church are these Greenies, <laughs> these uh, fresh-in-the-faith people. And that helps other people who are looking into the faith stick to the group better. It makes a more sticky church in that way. Does that make sense? Now go back to two slides from here. You see that little boy there. What his little boy is, he's like a typical faith beginner. who comes into a church that's been around for for 50 years. And he finds everybody else has been going to church for a long, long time. They're all big people spiritually. And he's a little person spiritually. I mean, he's an adult, but he's a little person spiritually, and he feels out of place. Doesn't fit very well. So therefore, we want to start new churches for him so he can be with others of his spiritual age. One example of that, a fast growth. I became a Christian as, as a 20-year-old in college, had a radical turnaround. And one of the things I did as a three-month-old Christian, I went back to my hometown, Ohio, small town, uh, one census, it said that there was 4,000 people in it. Ten years later, the census was 4,001. Not a fast-growing metropolis. But, um, they, uh, but I went back to my hometown in Ohio, and this was back in the 70s when I first became a Christian, and the Jesus movement was going on, but it hadn't hit Wellington yet. So I came to town as a new Christian. I started sharing my testimony and sharing the gospel with individuals. Just a simple way I became a Christian. I just shared it with them. And people began to respond to that. Some people became Christians. And uh, I said, what do you do with a Christian? Well, I guess you study the Bible. I like reading the Bible, so let's try that. And so we got together and we started a Bible study. I'd never been to a Bible study before, but we started a Bible study with these new Christians. And the group, over the end of the summer, grew. It grew to 30 people coming to this Bible study led by this brand-new Christian. And we, a Baptist pastor in the in the town, found out about it. He took us over to the lake, and he baptized me in the lake, and then let me baptize the other eight. So we, we baptized nine by the end of the summer, and uh, God was working. The others were still faith beginners in the group of thirty, admitted lives to and, and, and by baptism yet. And uh, so, anyway, that that's just a, a, a story of fast growth, and one of the reasons of fast growth is. That we did it at the level where they were. I wasn't very far ahead. I I talked their language still, and uh, I I, I was. The thing I was excited about are the things that they needed to be excited about, instead of these higher things that could be could be some pastors and stuff talk about. And so it was. It was. um, It was a very exciting period of time, and God can work, and new churches can grow. Very rapidly, and it's a very exciting time. Now, you, what happens is the next the next thing here is that mature life. What happens in mature life? Well, mature life plateaus in size, but it still becomes stronger while it's in size. Now, this is what happens in church churches is that churches start small and they grow fast, and then after a while they stop growing fast, just like the human body. Our human bodies don't get any taller, and they get they grew in other ways, but they don't get any taller. And uh, but they but they they they, they get to play. and one of the things that once you get to your height, like a teenager, and when you want to, you want to fill out, you want to build muscle, you want to get stronger, physically, but also mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and those kind of things. And so the church stops growing in size, but the people in the church are growing spiritually. So it looks more and more like this, where you have all these older Christians, people going to church a lot. In there's been very few, if any, fresh beginners. And now a fresh beginner comes in and all he runs into is all these spiritual gurus in his mind. And he bounces off. The people who stick with that church are people that are also kind of mature Christians and know all the songs and know all the lingo and have been at another church for a long time. And so that church grows by transfer growth, transferring from one church to another church. A new church has the best chance to grow by conversion growth, new faith beginners coming in. hope that makes makes sense. But that's basic of what we teach about church planting and one of the reasons why we want to plant and launch new churches all the time. Uh, so the, the verse there is, and so the churches were strengthened in the faith. That's becoming more, you know, the people, the believers become stronger. And that's a good thing. And I'll go back to the other slide a second. I want to say something else I forgot. Is that notice it's plateaued in size, but that does not mean that it's not a healthy church. It's not a dead church, just because it's not growing bigger. There's good things going on in people's lives. People's lives are changing. A lot of your lives are changing and things going on, and you're growing, and that's a wonderful thing. But the thing is, is that you don't want to just do that. There's something else that needs to, uh, occur. And the next, next page or next, yeah was, okay, the churches were strengthened in the faith. That's a good thing. Those are the churches that have been around a little while. And they grew in numbers daily. Now, I think my best interpretation of that is the churches grew in number daily. Not just individual churches grew with more people coming into them. That happened. But there's also churches were multiplying. New churches were being started. And so that brings us to the next thing. Mature life multiplies so what happens is that you grow you get in your plateau even before that you can start doing this on before you, you before you get your plateau and you begin to pop them out you begin to have spiritual babies you begin to be a launch pad and then season after season you bring more that now how do you fill the earth not just getting bigger 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 yourself you fill the earth by multiplying. That's where exponential growth comes. If you want to fill the earth, you've got to get to the multiplication stage. Most churches don't, and that's why we move so slowly in getting the, the Great Commission fulfilled. We need to be doing this, and that can be a legacy of our lives. And our, churches, our church is working to do that. So what happened is that a plateaued church, a church in this that plateaued size, it's like this. And it's not doing as well as it was at one time in the conversion growth, but it can send out the small team that they've raised up here, that they've developed and prepared, and send them out here to start the new group, to start the new church. That's the one that's going to grow fast again. So you re- keep reproducing that fast-growth stage over and over again. That's where we get to keep. And then, my, then we still grow the people in the churches that are already started. That's good too. They're all—it's all part of God's ecosystem, if you will, as you would look at these kind of things. And then finally, life, old life—I'm getting towards that—declines in size, and quite started declining a lot in size yet. But that happens, and someday I'm going to die. And the same thing is for local churches. God's kingdom and God's universal church never dies. He's going to be building that until end of time. That's going to continue to grow. Nothing can defeat it. Knock down the gates of hell, and it'll grow. But individual churches go through a life cycle, just like every other created species of life. And so we go through it. And so we want to make the most of that, and uh, we want to move on to the next thing. And when it dies, it uses its resources, its wisdom and its resources to help birth new Churches, And so you get into generations. The next slide is so you get into generations of churches. So Hope to uh, CIV, to Orange Crest to Valley Lights, to other ones coming out of each one of your churches and Valley Lights having the vision to do the same thing. That's how movements start. It's really the only way. It's not just multiplying disciples. It's multiplying units of disciples, local churches. Is really God's plan for fulfilling the Great Commission. So um, the second part of this message will, will, will relate to uh, how to become equipped to do your part as a member of OCC. What can you do in that kind of stuff? And I'm going to take you through the, the real quickly. This is I teach this for hours and hours and hours. I'm just going to give you a brief overview of the five stages of a, of a church plant. So it kind of helps you know if you are a church planner, you need to be taking people through this, these things. And if you want to be on a team, you can help. But particularly, I want you to be thinking about how you as a church can use your gifts and abilities to help a church planter go through each of these stages. Does That make sense? So how can you do things here as a launchpad to prepare people to plant churches, to help them when they're first getting launched out, to help them as they're growing? To help them multiply someday. So, look at that. The first uh, stage of a church plan is the preparation stage. And uh, the preparation stage is when the planter himself gets ready. It takes his whole life, basically, until he's ready to go out and to plant the church. Jesus took 30 years before he launched out. But while he was growing, Jesus, he grew he, he grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom and God's grace. Uh, Jesus increased with wisdom, stature, favor with God and man. He got himself Prepared, so he was strong for in all areas of life for that task that God had for him. And so, you look at this picture, you'll see. uh, Here's the church planner. He's 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 there preparing himself spiritually. He's he's preparing his family to go out during this preparation thing to go with him and doing it. He's preparing partners and raising funds and all kinds of things like that. He's making his plans. He's putting together his team that's going to go with him, and he is preparing for his church plant. Um, I've had um, people that I've worked with that trained trained to be church planters. And one thing I, I like to do with them, I like to make them strong. And so I send them to the back room, and I send them uh, to the meat locker, and uh, I, I get them to, to pound raw meat for about about uh, five, six hours a day. So they get strong enough that they can stand uh, the plant, the planting of a church. Uh, seriously. Uh, yeah. Paul does use the idea of boxing as an imagery, uh, of, of a church planner. They need to go at it and they go after it hard. They need to be in shape and be ready. The time, you know when you go boxing? You know when the time to get in shape isn't to try hard? It's not just when you're in the ring. You always try hard when you're in the ring. But you get yourself in shape you discipline yourself before you hit the ring so that when you hit the ring, you're prepared, and you're not going to lose the fight. Get your head beat off. So that's the church planters uh, part of that kind of stuff. Uh, the other thing that uh, that you do during this pre-launch stage, or during the preparation stage, is you put together the team that's going to go with you. They're probably in the, the church you're being sent from, so probably part of the launch page church. So somebody's going to be a church planner, and then they find the three or four people that are going to go with them on their launch team a launch team of, of, of a member of a church called Seabreeze Church that I started several years ago uh, in Huntington Beach. Uh, we took five people, my wife and I took five people out of the first church we started in Huntington Beach Coast and started Seabreeze. And they were four of the five were very young Christians. And one of the young Christians, was, uh, was on, he had this testimony later on. He says, and what he said was, uh, other than my personal commitment to the Lord, Being a part of the Seabreeze Church plant was the most significant single growth event in my Christian walk. The blessings from having been a part of what God was and still is doing at Seabreeze has been greater than words can adequately describe. All the hard work, and there's hard work in planting a church, no question about it. All the hard work and personal stretching uh, were well worth Experiencing God's hand at work. What a joy and pride there is to say, I was a part of that. And many of you will have that same opportunity to be a part of that. Whether you're the part of it that is preparing them all the way. Maybe they're little children in their children's ministry. All the way from the disciples to learning how to disciple others. From the diapers to the disciples. And really work and Whatever that is, you're kind of working with them to prepare them to go. So maybe that's your part. Or maybe you're the planter. Maybe you're the team that goes with them. This was a team member that went with a planter. He didn't plant the church himself. But um, that was a wonderful thing. But so that's that's all in the preparation stage and something we can all you can all be a part of something to Do with that. Second stage is the pre-launch stage. And now this is where the planter and his team hit the field. They're going to the place they're going to be starting the church. And they're there starting the church. And it's the very beginning stage. It's before they've gone public. And what you're doing here is you're winning people to Christ. You're doing evangelism. There's a certain way of evangelism we do during that stage. And you're also training your team that's going with you with the plans of what you have in your mind, what God has put in your heart. And uh, you're trying to steer the thing, you know, look in the wrong direction. But anyway, you're trying to steer that thing with your foot as you as you move forward. And that's kind of what it feels like sometimes as a church planter. You never know exactly what's coming next because it's very different all the time. But um, that's this is a very exciting period of time in the church life of a church plant because things are growing rapidly. Things are changing. The excitement, you're getting ready for this launch event, you're putting together the what you call the team I send out, I talk about that send out from the church in the preparation stage, what I call the plant team. And then they add people to that, and that becomes what I call the launch team. I know you use your own launch team for both, but um, they uh, the, 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 the add some other people, and then now there's a group of 20 or so that can help launch the church public, which moves you to, gonna move us to the next stage, but yeah, let, let, let's go ahead and, and, and move that. Well, I will say this. During that pre launch stage, one of the things a church can do, the mother church, can do, the Launchpad Church can do, is that they can send people to that church on mission trips, mini mission trips, maybe just for the day, maybe for a couple of days, and to do some inviting, do some block parties, do some other ways for him to meet other people, try to discover people in the community that are maybe open to God. And they wouldn't be open unless somebody came and introduced themselves to him. And it's what we call in this stage, what we call personal discovery evangelism. And there's a picture of a young couple there that became Christians in one of the churches that we started. And I knocked on their door one day. Some people had come on a mission trip to kind of before that and and got the people next to him open, willing to open a Bible study. But anyway, I knocked on John's door and uh, John had never been to church before. And uh, I knocked on the door and asked him some questions, listening to him about um, finding out what he thought about church and God and that kind of stuff. And his mouth just dropped open. And he told me that, that even though he didn't, wasn't a Christian, that he felt like God had spoken to him the night before that in the shower, that he was going to get, he was going to reveal himself to him somehow. And I show up at the door. Well, he was prepared. I didn't prepare him. God had prepared him. God had got his heart right and ready. And he came to that Bible study that was next door. Within two weeks, he committed his life to Christ. And then his girlfriend he was living with committed her life to Christ. First marriage, not new church. And so, but, but see, this, this was discovery of angel. I was, I was looking for the person of peace. I was looking for the people that God had prepared to be a part of this new, new adventure, in this new church. And that's something that the church planner does during that pre-launch stage. And then you take people like that, and they did. They, were part of the launch, they became part of the launch team that helped us when we went public, which is the next stage. Now, this is the launch stage. And the launch stage is where you're, you're creating a crowd of beginners. You're pitching a tent. You're creating a crowd of beginners. You're, this is what they think about when you think about church planning oftentimes. Now you go public. Now you let the community know that you're there and you start the new church. You start a worship service and things like this. It looks like, something like this on Sunday morning. So you're training them and you're building, building that launch, launch stage is a very exciting stage, a very fast growth stage if you're if if, if you're a church planner you better be a decent speaker at that point uh you don't have to be great you don't have to be billy graham or something but but you better be able to at least get a single and the way you're communicating to the people and you got to be able to communicate to the faith beginners and not just to the seminary graduates okay and so you, you've got to, you've got to work on that uh speaking becomes part a big part of this launch stage because people basically they come they hear you you know non-christians don't come to church right off the bat for the worship songs. They may you know, they like them, but that's not what they're coming They're coming for the message. They're coming for how the Bible can apply their everyday life, how Jesus can make a difference in their marriage, and with their kids, and with their job. That's what they're interested in. And um, it uh, becomes a very important part of this launch stage. Uh, this next slide kind of shows the Seabreeze Church I told you about. and We took about six months to get to the first 20, went from the seven of us uh, to about twenty adults average attendance uh, in this pre launch stage, a lot of work to get to there, but then we launched, and I just this it, it goes when you launch the way we launch there 's ups and downs, but this is a one year period of time from July to July, and we went from twenty to almost two hundred in average attendance in a year 's time that's a that 's a thousand percent annual growth rate that 's pretty good. Your church is, I don't know, what, hundred or so now, something like that. If you doubled in size in this next year, that'd be 100% growth rate. That'd be amazing for your size church. That'd be amazing. But a church plant is possible to 10 times that. And it's not because of me. It's because of the dynamics that go into planting of a new church. Now, I bet you if we go back and we look at the first year of OCC, we could be some similar kind of numbers and ideas on that. But anyway, uh, the next next stage is the crowd decor, the crowd commission stage, we call it. And now you've created your crowd. Now you're moving them into group life. You're moving them into educational discipleship kind of things. You're moving them to places that they find their role and position in the church and what they're doing there. And so you're developing systems that help people move people around so that they can come and they can help you with the service. They can help you reach people. For Christ in other ways or go somewhere else, which is the final stage. And the final stage is, uh, is the multiplication stage. And the multiplication stage is, uh, two slides. One more. I'm gonna skip that one. The multiplication stage. Now, the planter, the Josh tells the Bruce, <laughs> okay, about the vision, and he catches the vision and he goes out to plant. His church, and so you've gone the full cycle now. And the, and the churches can do that. Uh, they can, they can help, and you can help people. Not just plant the church, but you can help the church that you plant plant the next church. You can help your daughter's churches reproduce. You can spoil your granddaughter churches' resources and things like that. You can a whole life cycle system that kind of goes on, and that's God's intent. And that's the approach to move towards filling the earth with. And uh, this last picture here on the multiplication stage, just to give you an example, is that about half the people, the ones back here in this half primarily, were Christians that went on just mini mission trips from Pathways Church to help start a church. that We started about 10 years ago or maybe 15 now, something like that. And um, they came over and they, they were Christians that kind of just helped things out. They were what we call a SWAT team. Servants, willing, and temporary. They weren't joining the new church. They were just helping out on those key Sundays to help us put this thing on. And so they're there and they're helping with various things on the thing. And then the rest of the people here are people that became new Christians. All the ones, almost all the ones down here, you know, those are ones that became Christians during the pre launch stage. And now they're all on the same launch team that's helping us now to plant that new church. And, um, so you can but you can be a part of that those teams that go to help out. See a church plan and get from the beginning and it's it's a very exciting thing. So, with all that in mind, I hope you'll end up saying, aim at the idea that you can help this church become a launch pad. And you can become equipped. And I, I encourage you on your little card that you do, on that card, put something on there. Just write the word equipped, which will say, I want to be equipped to help equip others to plant churches. I want to be you somehow in this church to help that process. And so help me know how to help others. You could say that on there and these guys will have their work cut out for them following up on that. Um, I made a couple of prayers to pray as we close. Uh, the, the first prayer is this. This is for those of you who are Christians already that might want to be on launch team. Here's, here's, here's the prayer. You might say something like this. Um, you can pray that along with me or you can read it, do it on your own. Lord Jesus Help me aim for helping OCC become an even more effective launch pad of church planners. Forgive me where I've fallen short. Fill me with your spirit and love for all people. Equip me to do my part in your mission to fill the earth with local bodies of Christ. So that's a good prayer for Christians to pray in response to, to this message. But there's also a, a, a prayer here for those of you that may not be a Christian yet. But you're coming checking things out. You're seeing what this is all about. And you might pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I want to experience your life and power within me. I want to see you work in my life that I can make a difference in the world. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. We've all sinned. Based on your death on the cross, you've provided forgiveness. So asking God to forgive you. The Best I know how. This is what you say to God as a non-believer. What I said to God, and I did in my heart. Best I know, the best I know how. I commit my life to following You as the ruler of my life, my Savior and my Lord. Save me if I've forgiven me. Be the ruler of my life now. Be my boss. I want you to be a part of Your team and do that. Use me as part of Your mission to fill the earth with local bodies of Christ. It's that same life process. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each person here. I pray that they would uh, pray in their own words uh, the prayer that best fits them. And they would commit their lives or recommit their lives to you as Lord and seek to find that place in the body of Christ. We thank you. Jesus name. Amen.
0: Thank you again for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by the message and equipped to take your next step with Jesus. Visit us online at occathome.com to learn more about how to connect with us and join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast. Have a great day.